You're listening to Dirty Feet, a podcast from No More Radio. Vous écoutez le podcast Dirty Feet sur les ondes de No More Radio. Hosted by, animé par, Alison Burns, JD Papillon, et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. Stay tuned. We're going to move you. Welcome to a new episode of Dirty Feet. So today with me, this is JD Papillon, by the way, and with me is Tim Rodriguez. Hello. Um, how are you doing, Tim? I'm well. Yourself, JD? Good. I'm good. Thank you. And for this week, we're doing something a bit different from our usual. Uh, we're actually welcoming someone who is part of the Zoo Fest, which is itself part of the Just for Laughs Festival, which is going now in uh, in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. <laughs> and... Uh, who we're receiving, uh, who we're welcoming today is uh, a recurring guest, actually. We've had her on the show before as part of our burlesque roundtable that was back in our olden days. And um, for people who know as her stage act name, it's Miss Puss. Uh, a lot of people know her also as Holly Gautier Frankel, especially your parents, I guess. <laughs> um, so uh, she's coming to talk to us about her new show, uh, which is a collaboration with Deanne Smith, who is very well known in the Montreal comedy scene. Uh, the show is called Stand Up, Strip Down, Hahas and Tatas for Everyone, which is a fantastic name, <laughs> by the way. The show will be from July 21st to the 23rd at Mainline Theatre, uh, and it will be at 11.45 p.m. Tickets are $20, and they can be bought on Just Laugh's website, which is hahaha.com. So with this out of the way now, Hi, Holly. How are you doing today? Hi. I'm very, very well. Thank you for having me on the show again. It's nice Thanks to be here. Thanks for coming. So now, like for us, it's, it's a bit different. Yeah. As I mentioned, we're usually talking about dance, choreography, really serious stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now we're going to be talking about burlesque, which is serious in its own way, but also has this very um, joie de vivre yeah. aspect to it. And comedy, mm -hmm. which can be very dark and tormented or can be very... <laughs> Ha <laughs> um, yes. So, first of all, tell us a bit about yourself. A lot of people know you, but some of our listeners might not. Sure. Yeah. I'm a. I mean, I'm a Montreal-based artist. I I call myself a multidisciplinary artist now because I I dabble in a whole bunch of things. I've been a performer since I was a kid, and I uh, I'm a singer and I'm an actress and I I've danced my whole life. I would never say that I am a professional dancer. I never did choruses or anything like that. But I I've studied. I take classes. I I've done choreographic collaborations with choreographers from Montreal and and different kinds of disciplinary artists like contortionists and yeah I kind of I dip my toes into all kinds of realms um and uh and I've been doing burlesque for almost 10 years now I, I came up through the the fringe festival circuit here in Montreal I I did some shows that I wrote and put together um and so yeah I mean I've always considered myself a dancer of sorts um but I have a a lot of respect and reverence for the art and the profession of it and the people that are trying to make a living doing it but I, I wanted to be able to participate in a way where I could 
kind of squished together all the things that I was already doing, namely acting and, and comedy and, and things that inspired me um, and things that I wasn't seeing in, in a dance context necessarily or even in a theater context or an acting context. So burlesque really suited um, my my brain and it also suited my my body because I was you know as a performer you constantly put yourself out there to be examined and rejected basically and my major kind of trajectory all through my 20s was that everything I was doing was good but my body was wrong you know it was the wrong shape it was the wrong size and then it was just the beginning of this burlesque resurgence at least in Canada it was starting to become really sort of noticed in 2004 2005 and then and that's when I decided to, to write a show and I didn't think it was going to explode the way it has it's become this completely mainstream kind of art form now and in the states it's already been its own thing for you know over 50 years it kind of dipped away and but it's been going it's been going strong anyway that's that's kind of me in a nutshell and and over the past 10 years I've I've developed as a burlesque artist and I've I've kind of dipped into different different realms even beyond burlesque and I'm I'm uh, constantly trying to evolve even the burlesque dancing which can be very light and can be very fluffy but it it is very studied and there's lots of rehearsal and there's lots of you know costume planning and and the way I like to do it anyway I I don't like to just put on a corset and say I'm pretty (laughs) or if I do then I have to make sure that I do something hilarious at the end like pratfall or cover myself in honey or something (laughs) well that speaks a lot to the actual craft behind it Mm -hmm. because it is a very crafted performance uh type yeah yeah it's a fine line between what looks like improvisation and 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 a crafted planned out story um because it's satire it's supposed to be satirical it's supposed to be making people think even though they're titillated that's what I think. I mean, a lot of people would say that the very classic form of it is simply about entertaining and, and posture and, and kind of tableau vivant almost. And there are some performers who do that extraordinarily well. I just never really wanted to stay still for that long. So, yeah. <laughs> You've mentioned the multidisciplinarity of your background mm. and also of how you approach creation. Mm. Um, I feel that one show that sort of that that was that in a nutshell very much it was your one woman show Mishigripus Must Die mm-hmm. which was presented at the French Festival and then at the Centaur yep. and for people who might not have seen it um, there was uh, it, it was very much uh, one woman addressing the audience mm-hmm. for much of it and you know bringing burlesque aspects yeah. but there was also a lot of dark comedy aspects to it Yeah. and is it, and for people who have seen Mishigripus there's something that's usually bit more vibrant in the comedy and less dark like there's always this undercurrent yeah that might be there but like Mishigripus Masai compared to what I've seen from you before mm-hmm. was a lot more went to places that we might not have expected uh, expected sure. as audience members yeah is this something that for this new project you'll be going towards again or is like is this collaboration with Dan Smith taking you to a different into a different direction I think the collaborations with Dan have always allowed me to to fiddle in the comedy realm. I mean, we've been doing this show off and on for, my God, I think it's been over the last five years that we've been putting it on at Theatre St. Catherine and then at Mainline a few times. This is just the second time it's in the Just for Laughs lineup, but we've been 
I've been participating in this show for for a while, and I I like to stay lighthearted in this context because it is simply comedians and burlesque dancers. So I get to pull out the the sillier stuff, um, the really goofy stuff, the really messy stuff that normally you can't do in a sixty minute dramatic burlesque exploration of my darkness, whatever, blah blah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I definitely like to poke fun at people's expectations, and I I, I the character Miss Sugarpuss has a a sort of darkness a, around her that kind of hovers near her, you know, with this excessive drinking and this this joie de vivre that's sort of hiding very badly this this pain and desperation, this loneliness, you know, this this crazy cat lady trope that you know a lot of women worry about or or that's a typical thing that you think women will worry about you know I, I like to sort of take all that stuff and whatever happens to come out depending on the audience uh, response I can go there or not but no normally I like to put on the most idiotic of my costumes and, and roll around on the floor you know I like to do like, particularly for stand-up strip down there's a character that Miss Sugarpuss plays um, which is strange because it's all me but um, his name is Hugo Hugo Gautier and he's a janitor and he you know he just tr- completely bends this gender line by being a, a furry seemingly male person underneath except it's me with boobs and you know he does all sorts of lewd things with his broom and bananas and his pants and like it's just buffoonery it's just complete I'm an idiot and I'm naked and you like it so what does that say about you guys? You know, right. like I really like to go there as well. Um, and yeah, Deanne, th- this particular installment of Stand Up Strip Down is really interesting because since it's part of Just for Laughs, um, we're getting hugely well-known comedians to come and, and participate. But we never know until the last minute to sort of, you know, who's going to be on the show. We sort of have an idea of people who've said, yeah, yeah, I want to do it because they've heard that it's it's fun. It's easy. It's exactly. not, there isn't any pressure, you know. It's a bunch of really intelligent women. Um, so far, it's all women. There are no boylesque performers yet. Hopefully, there will be some next year. Um, but yeah, it's a bunch of hot, smart ladies doing silly, silly stuff to contrast hilarious and hugely talented comics who are just wanting to do a fun booby show you know like they enjoy it because we're all romping around backstage fully nude and (laughs) and then they get to do their set which is you know generally wonderful and and it's a treat because people last year we had jimmy carr and we had will anderson and celia pacola and and andy kindler like these people were just like yeah we heard this is a cool show and we want to do it so we're kind of hoping that we have the same sort of lineup this year um, which is just amazing. I, I'm I'm still kind of baffled that it happens this way, and that we're doing just for laughs, and that we get to hang out with these people. So, um, but yeah, I I don't want to go too dark, especially because <laughs> these shows are on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at midnight. So who wants dark <laughs> when you're out on a Tuesday? <laughs> Nobody, I hope. <laughs> um, with the speaking just a bit about the format, um. I was saying earlier uh, before the recording is that this is something that reminds me of um, a, a, f- a format of burlesque that my grandparents would have seen yeah. um, where you have the, the comic as the host um, and then there's the there's the acts and the acts can be a comedian or mm-hmm. it can be a burlesque performance um, and 
is this is something that we um, don't see very often in the quote unquote burlesque venues that our city has because sure. there are a lot of burlesque troops yeah. that perform and just do the 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 performances where they have their set acts and each act will come on and just perform. There might be a host, but this is really a shared um, bill between yourselves and the comedians, something mm-hmm. that harkens back to um, burlesque as, as, as we know it. Yeah. Real vaudeville. Right. That's, exactly. that's sort of what, what we, without really trying, I mean, Deanne and I met both at the beginnings of our careers shall we say I think it was around 2007 2008 and I had taken a break after fringe shows and I was just trying to figure out my footing as a solo burlesque artist and we were both on the bill at this um, this now defunct bar candy bar it used to be up there and it wasn't a burlesque venue at all but that's sort of what the beauty of Montreal was back then every venue could be a burlesque venue because no one really knew what it was yet um, but we were put on this, it was a breast cancer fundraiser and it was all, you know, lovely old ladies and, <laughs> and older people. And we uh, realized as we were standing near the kitchen that we were both going to be doing kind of uh, unconventional things for this kind of context. And, and so we made a pact together to sort of just do our material to the best of our ability. And, you know, it was like a three foot bike two and a half foot square in front of some chairs you know and I I basically said I'm gonna shake my tits in that old lady's face and she said well I have a joke and the punchline is Heil Klittler so (laughs) we were like okay so we'll do it best friends now (laughs) and then we continued and we you know it comedy and burlesque have always lived side by side that's exactly the roots I mean this show is is not a vaudeville show necessarily only because there isn't some fire eater or you know fart singer but you know maybe next year who knows (laughs) like there are no jugglers not yet but um but it is it's the real true spirit of like pack up your bags let's go we have to do this show and (laughs) some gypsy rose types a little bit yeah but that's my that's my aesthetic and my influence completely i always want to do old vaudeville style stuff i i'm not when it's too slick it's and it's too polished it, it loses the soul of it for me and so i want it gritty and i want it scary and dirty and who knows what'll happen and maybe someone will fall down or you know like maybe i'll have to harass the guy in the front row who's not smiling or you know what it like it has to be real and comedy stand up comedy as practiced and and studied in art form as it is is so real it's horrifying to me mm-hmm. i would never be able to do it i i i find it so courageous to just stand there and talk i mean that's why i do burlesque because i don't have to stay still i don't want people to have to see me for too long i'm like a whirlwind you know but uh i do i do love this format because it it's the bare bones of what entertainment always was and kind of should be for me not a, not to get too much into like gender studies academia mm. and thing but uh talking about this talking about the history of vaudeville there was the traditional aspect and relationship between the male host mm-hmm. the male comedian and the, the female breast dancer so dressed male host and you know yeah. getting naked female performer sure. and there's a really interesting gender dynamic there that is being uh, deconstructed through this performance with, you know, Deanne Smith, who is a woman who uh, does dress up in more typical male clothing, but at the same time 
is a very uh, female performer because yeah. like her her comedy is very female in a way. Sure. So uh, there's this interesting deconstruction there. Is this something that you'll push further? This this interaction between um, and is this playing with the the codified genre? Well. It wasn't, I mean, Deanne is who she is, you know, she's a, she's a queer performer and, and she has a following and, and I don't think she has an agenda necessarily and, and nor do I, but I mean, again, yeah, when I started doing burlesque, I didn't ever shy away from pushing that boundary. I mean, Miss Sugar Puss has always been in nebulous sexual scenarios where, you know, gender wasn't an issue, like, but this just sort of happens organically if I can say that you know the following that Deanne has and the following that I have we've we've always attracted very open people and and nobody nobody's we're not standard we're not typical in any way I I don't know I mean for me the Hugo character is the beginning of of uh, a gender twisting kind of thing but I don't I don't necessarily need to to push it any more than it already is I just um, but I do love that Deanne is is the one kind of being the ringleader for this show um, but yeah it doesn't we've never really discussed it we've never it's, it's never really been uh, a thing a point to goal it's just she is who she is and I am who I am and we coexist very well and and all the people straight or gay or male or female or whoever or whatever in between they've always been just it morphs very well into a show easily yeah i mean you were saying before that um for you it's it's there's a lot of satire in it well Mm. not just for you but burlesque as a as an art form is also supposed to be very satirical almost like um the court jesters of of today and with um especially in a city like Montreal where the audiences are always so varied mm-hmm. in, in queer, straight, um, transgendered, uh, high art kids, low art kids, yeah. you know, it's like, it, it is actually really happening organically. Like you, yeah. you know, you, in order to be, uh, I mean, you're, you guys are very self-aware mm-hmm. to the point where it's like, you don't know that you're self-aware. It's just <laughs> happening. Like, so good things keep happening. So it's, it's interesting to see the show and it, it just makes so much sense with, with Deanne's act yeah. and the, the work that you create as Miss Sugarpuss. Mm-hmm. They, they very much do go hand in hand based yeah. on the characters and, and the, the content, mm. you know, so it's, it's very apropos if I, cool. if I may. Yes. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, you're also going to be joined by uh, two other burlesque performers. Yes, yes. We're going to be uh, joined by El Diablo, who's a, a, a good colleague of mine. And we've collaborated many, many times in the past. She's one of my oldest friends in real life. And uh, and we've done a lot of musical theater stuff together and danced together for years and years. And uh, Ruby Rhapsody, who's a new performer in Montreal, whom I haven't seen perform yet. So I'm really excited. I've just heard really good things about her. And... Uh, and yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to watching their acts as much as performing my own. It's going to be really fun. And when it comes to the uh, the stand-up comedians that will be part of of the showcase, yeah. do you guys know who it will be we yet? Still don't know yet. Do you we just get people know. like after seeing their shows during the festival? Well, no. I mean, just for laughs is is a little more on top of it but we can't say anybody's names until people have confirmed um, and nobody really knows what their set schedule is going to be until they arrive in town and sometimes things get shifted so we're never sure who's doing a gala or 
what I mean. I know Deanne is is also participating in one of the gala nights. I think in the Seth Rogen night. So you know, maybe she can convince him to come on by. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I cannot guarantee who's going to be there. But who's I know this Seth Rogen character? Oh, some Canadian dude. Some, <laughs> oh, cool. Some Good. funny guy. I don't know. Homegrown talent. We love this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we've we've uh, I've struck up a friendship on Twitter with Andy Kindler and I've been harassing him uh, nonstop all year long to come back and do the show so hopefully he he will um, if I haven't frightened him <laughs> too much but we don't know yet I mean yeah and Deanne really takes care of all that because she yeah. knows all those comics I have a hard time because I just sort of stand there backstage starstruck and kind of trying to keep my uh, myself together because um, yeah <laughs> it, it, it really the more we speak about the show the more it really harkens back to what like the vaudeville era you know because yeah we got a show kids let's go yeah. you know that sort of idea of like flying by the seat of your pants and just and waiting for the it's like the magic will come if you just put it out there for sure you know? if you just let yourself be that's that's part of it for all the prep and the costumes and the glitter and the this and that um what actually makes the act for a comedian or for a burlesque dancer in my opinion is the people who are sitting in front of you and the other people who are on the bill like you can't you can't ignore the energy that's existing in the room at that point and and for me the very best burlesque acts i've ever seen um have been this perfect combination of super skilled dancing and beautiful costuming and hilariously apropos storyline and whatever mixed with the willingness to throw it all out the window if one person is responding and giving you something that you absolutely have to work with you know and that's that's a big that's a big thing like the vibe of the room and learning how to be a human being underneath all that makeup and stuff that you've got on to be able to bring your full essence and be like hi I'm seeing you and I'm looking at you and you're laughing so let me come over here and like it's like a conversation when it's yeah. when it's working really really well same for for stand up so yeah I'm expecting magic I hope it happens <laughs> I just want to say that was a beautiful uh, field of dreams sentiment right there like <laughs> build it and they will come yeah. you know um, oh yeah me and the baseball <laughs> <laughs> baseball is fantastic I miss the expos but this is another yes. topic yes. altogether um, you were talking about audience interaction yeah. and you know pushing boundaries sure how far do you feel that it's okay to push boundaries with audience members in regards to questions of ethics and respect of your audience? Do you feel that there is a limit or do you feel that because people will have their own personal limits, you can't really gauge that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I always want to respect my audience and I know my, my rule for, you know, never blame the audience for your crappy performance. If you don't feel like it went well, it's not their fault. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just what it was, you know. But we did, I mean, it was interesting. Last year there was there was a, a vibe at one point during one of the shows where someone was being an extremely obstinate audience member. And, and it was very aggressive in its, in its um, well, in his quietness and his demeanor. And, and, you know, you come out there all full of your vibe and you, it's basically a, a back and forth of energy exchange you know so you want the people to be exchanging energy with you and if they're not that's fine you know you don't have to force them and I, I'm not I'm not that kind of shocking aggressive performer necessarily that's not my 
that's not my goal. And there are a lot of people who do more performance art-based burlesque or really shocking, really overtly sexually explicit, you know. I mean, and that's that's fine. But that's that's not what I'm there to do. I'm mostly there to just have a little conversation, make people laugh, enjoy myself, and leave. But, yeah, there was an incident with a, one guy who was sitting right in the front, not responding, not smiling, arms folded, very angry looking to the point where you know I started to try to play around with him and I, and I ended up kind of breaking my own rule of not you know I let it get to me I let it sort of get to me because I, I found it so strange that this one person and he was affecting the people around him and it was just like so I spat some olives at him you know I wasn't proud of myself afterwards I sort of thought well you didn't really have to do that but you know I I everybody could see that he was very strange and I did this thing and I you know I I spit olives anyway so I figured I would just spit them all in his general direction and he didn't respond he didn't he didn't even and when he didn't respond then I felt bad I was like oh maybe there's something wrong and I've done I've I've without even saying a word I've shown him to the rest of the room and I've kind of made it clear and I I thought about it a lot over the last year actually because I I was uh, conscious of the space that Deanne and I set up, which was a kind of communal realm, Mm -hmm. you know, where you want everybody to participate. And and it was this interesting moment where my wants and my ego kind of came into play. And it has to because it's, it's a narcissistic art form already but yeah I mean and and, you know nothing happened the guy didn't dissolve into tears or like we just we moved on but everybody was sort of aware and and everybody had noticed him already it just I wondered if I ever really needed to make it clear that he was not participating and and I and I I think no I don't have to ever do that because he's just being and why can't I just let him be I mean it was a little bizarre you know like he 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 made a cold weird vibe happen but it's not really my problem so i hope i hope he comes back <laughs> actually so i can figure out how i'm going to maneuver yeah. around him again i mean that's a, that's an interesting um scenario that really only comics and and um burlesque performers find themselves in because yeah. a lot of times when you're when you're doing something else you only really find yourself um, behind the fourth wall mm-hmm. but there really isn't a fourth wall Mm-mm. in comedy or burlesque like everything is there so it's an interesting situation to find yourself in and uh, you know it sounds like you you handled it to the best of your abilities yeah you know, because sometimes comics will say it when they come off stage like that guy in the front row yeah. man that he's a piece of work you yeah. know like and they really take away from them because everything is so mapped out yeah that they don't want to get pulled out of it yeah you know like it's 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 it is a very intense performance mm-hmm. for you know for you guys on stage because you're so close and you you yeah. can feel you know the the negativity sometimes from one person yeah. in a room full of 80 100 3000 people you sure. know because sure. even comics or performers in a larger place if they can see somebody in the front row and they're not in it yeah they're going to call them out yeah for sure yeah. For sure. And I think some people did. And I, I just realized that I could have let the other people kind of take care of it. And I didn't really need to go there. But the thing about Mainline is that it's so small and so intimate that you you can feel physically where the energy is dipping and where it's up, you know. So it was it was also a product of that. Like, I couldn't get away from him. He was right, right there. 
And then it, it made me kind of mad. I sort of thought, oh, well, is this a gender thing? Is this like some man imposing his manly manliness in my face? And I'm a woman and I'm like, I'm empowered, but he's not buying it. And why isn't he buying it? And like, it just yeah. became this whole politi- politicized, heated thing in my brain, which, eh, you know, my performance was still good, but I, I never want to come at it from this aggressive, hyper-politicized place. Like, if people take political things out of my acts that I probably did think about and are and am infusing it with okay but I don't need to actively do that if I want to be political I'll go march somewhere or I'll you know shoot my mouth off and I'll do it properly but I don't want to mar the the dance and the physical act because it can just be misinterpreted quickly and easily that's not what I'm setting out to do ever and I don't I don't want my students, like if there are students of mine in the audience, like I I thought a lot about my students who potentially could have been there watching and I don't know if they were, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been my proudest moment for people who are just starting to explore burlesque and performance. So yeah, no, it was interesting though. I wonder if he'll, if he'll be back. (laughs) Maybe the guy developed a a fetish of getting olives spat at him. Maybe. So he's just going to be like, oh man, I can't wait for this show. I hope she brings those olives. There's no olives this year, buddy. Just Hugo and his banana. Oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So this show, just remind everyone, the name of the show is Stand Up, Strip Down, Ha-Has and Tatas for Everyone. Yeah. I just love reading that. That's a good tagline. <laughs> That's all Deanne. I cannot take it. It's all Deanne. It's all Good Deanne. job, Deanne. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, so yeah, with Deanne Smith and Miss Sugar Puss, Holly mm-hmm. Gothier Frankel, with, with, who is just with us right now. It is part of ZooFest, which is part itself of... The Just Flash Festival. It's off JFL, I think. It's, yeah. it's ZooFest, and I don't know how they've done it this year, but yeah, it's They've done both. it very interestingly this year. <laughs> uh, it is the, uh, there is still ZooFest, yeah. and then more of the English programming for ZooFest has been taken under the off, off JFL. JFL, so okay. that everything okay. everything runs smoother. Okay. Well, yes, we're part of a multitude of festivals, all being run by Just for Laughs. It's all very prestigious. Mm. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and this will be at uh, Mainline Theater. We don't have the address. 5337 St. Laurent Boulevard. There upstairs. you go. It's the one with the big flaming door for flaming anyone door. who doesn't yeah. know about it. Um, From so July 21st to 23rd. Yep. 11.45 p.m. Tickets are $20. Available at HaHaHa.com. Yeah. And so, yeah, Miss Sugar Post, Holly Gothier Frankel, thank you so much for coming on with us thank today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Dirty Feet is recorded every week at the Montreal Improv Theatre. Check them out at montrealimprov.com. Dirty Feet est produit et animé par Produced and hosted by Alison Burns J.D. Papillon et Stéphanie Moret-Robert. You can find out more about our show at nomoreradio.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet and find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast. Vous pouvez écouter tous nos épisodes sur notre site web ou vous pouvez vous abonner également sur iTunes à notre podcast. Listen to past episodes on website or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, be sure to give us a rating and or leave a comment to help us spread the word. Tune in next week for a whole new show.